here i will be joined a little bit later by my co-host ad drew as uh drew is traveling back from tuskegee alabama where it was homecoming for the golden tigers and not so happy homecoming from the reports i get but we'll get into that a little bit later in the show want to remind you if you're watching or you have tuned into the show especially those are good friends on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page and our Facebook page. Make sure you hit that like button. Also helps the uh, the algorithm and things of that nature. So we definitely appreciate you hitting the subscribe and like feature. Want to remind you to make sure you're following us on social media and all of our locations at MyBCSN1, that's the number one, and go download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app. Just go to your Google and Apple Play Store, MyBCSN, MyJBN is the location and where you can find us. And uh, just in case you want to happen to hit me up, you can find me at DRB365. So week number eight, and I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I can't, I can't put my mind around the fact that we are coming up on the final quarter of the black college football season. I mean, we were starved for football last fall. You know, we got an appetizer in the spring. It was what it was. It was good. But the fall is what it's all about. The homecomings, the month of October, uh, the, the pageantry and the bands and, and getting back on campuses and all that good stuff. And I tell you what, folks, it's almost over. I mean, we're coming up on the final quarter. Uh, No champions have been decided, although this weekend was a big separation weekend. Some notices were served out by some of our top teams. Some homecoming tragedies happened this weekend. And I'm I'm talking on the football field. I'm, I'm football field tragedies homecoming. As there were 10 homecoming games this past Saturday or yesterday, Five winners, five losers. That ties the most homecoming losses so far this season, along with uh, October 9th, the two weekends ago. There were also five losers that weekend of the 12 games. This week, unfortunately, losses were taken by Tuskegee, Howard, Benedict, Delaware State, and Southern. All losers at homecoming. So not only are those fan bases a little bit grumpy and irritable, but the fact that they lost at homecoming. Hopefully you all did 
Uh, yeah, and as you can see there, there were some definitely some eviction notices put out by uh, by by Prairie View A and M. Who, by the way, uh, you know, as 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 funny as the Prairie View uh, eviction notices are, the savage tweets of the Saturday might just happen to go to Miles College and whoever is running the Twitter feed for Miles College. You, sir, or ma'am, are you? You deserve a raise because uh, you are really dishing it out. That's all I can say. And if you don't believe me, go check the uh, tweets and replies from Miles College over the weekend. Uh, homecoming winners included Shaw University, Winston Salem State, Edward Waters, Fort Valley State, and Virginia State as well. All homecoming. Winners. We'll get into a lot of those games. Coming up a little bit later in this show, matter of fact, we're going to start it off real big in the second block with the head coach of the Albany State Ram, Golden Rams. Let me get that right. The Golden Rams, one of the top teams in Division II, uh, they just opened up a can at home against Savannah State. A shocking, not shocking that they won, but shocking at the score, 30 to nothing. The fourth shutout of the year by the Golden Rams defense. And we're going to talk to head coach Gabe Giardina. This might be his, this is, at least statistically, his best defense since he's been there. And and it's actually probably statistically one of his best offenses. So I'm looking forward to talking with him coming up in the uh, 615 block. Then a little bit later at the bottom of the hour, I hope my co-host Drew will be back uh, in his home studio at that point in time. And we're going to talk with Chris Ferguson, D2Football.com. Chris covers the CIAA. And we're going to talk about the Bowie State dominance, who, once again, might have just sealed up the North with a win uh, this past weekend. And we're going to talk maybe a little bit about you know, two teams that statistically within the NCAA are really having a great year, you know, but are we talking about them? We're not really talking about them. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the CIAA with Chris. Then in the second, uh, excuse me, in the second hour, we'll get a chance to talk with uh, Joe Clay of the 1876 Sports and Culture podcast that covers all things related to Prairie View A&M as uh, Prairie View A&M, our number one team on the BCSN. And, and I, I'm, I'm going to start there. So Joe's going to be coming up at about 725-ish. So we'll get a chance to talk with him about what's going on in Prairie View. But we're going to start quickly with a few stories, uh, just kind of recapping our top five teams, the BCSN top five. A little bit later, at the end of the second hour, we reveal the new rankings uh, we took a lot. There's a lot of people, especially those people in Jackson, Mississippi, a little bit upset or bewildered trying to figure out how is Jackson State not number one in your poll? Well, I mean, again, it's not a poll. It's a rankings, rankings. It's all based on numbers and data. There's no uh, there's no group of voters. There's enough polls out there. Uh, you know, myself, Drew, we're, we're voters of the HBCU Pro Sports Media Poll. You've got the box the row poll that's out there, coaches and media, um, the BCSP, uh, Black College Sports Page. There are lots of polls that have Jackson State one, but I think our rankings, we are one of the two 
uh, I think Drew told me that have Prairie View listed as number one. And statistically, they're slightly ahead of Jackson State. And Prairie View, uh, this past weekend, went over to Southern, ruined their homecoming with a 48-21 victory. Uh, a lot was made of Southern's rushing attack coming into this ball game after, especially Kobe Dillon, who rushed for like 264. So you knew Prairie View's defense was going to serve some notice, and they did. They held Dillon to 56 net yards. They held Southern to 130 yards on 41 attempts. You do that. You do the math on that. Uh, Southern 130 yards on 41 attempts. Prairie View said, look, we're going to come out and run. If you were listening to the Carlos Brown show on Saturday, that was one of the things Carlos talked about. Both teams were going to try to run, and the winner was going to be the team that rushed the best. Prairie View ran the ball better than Southern. Uh, Prairie View, 37 attempts, 224 net yards. Uh, At one point, Prairie View had 27 unanswered points in the second half. 504 total yards to 250 for Southern. So that feel-good moment that Southern had against UAPB uh, is gone. And Prairie View A&M serving notice as the number one team. Our number two team, Jackson State, found themselves in a hole to start that contest (coughs) against Bethune-Cookman. As I try to clear out <clears throat> a little frog in my throat, um, Jackson State was down nine nothing at one point. Second quarter managed to go forty two to three. From that point forward, Coach Sanders, Coach Prime was not in the building, <clears throat> but his sons did an ample job of filling in. Uh, Shadour had five passes, four touchdown passes, one rushing. Shiloh even had an interception, uh, nearly returned that for a touchdown. But it should be noted the Bethune defense had seven sacks in that contest, 13 tackles for loss. Ladies and gentlemen, Bethune may be winless, but they are not down and out. Bethune is a scrappy bunch. They will find a – well, look, I'm hoping that Bethune gets a win before – November 20th. And if you know what November 20th is, I'm just hoping they get a win before that. 26,428 were in attendance. Not quite the 55, 53,000 that Coach Prime wanted to see. It'd be interesting to see if that is made an issue. Uh, lots of talk over the weekend about uh, attendance numbers. and uh, But 26,000 is still the best showing of any HBCU this weekend. I don't know. Maybe I don't have the numbers from Southern just yet. But I think 26-428 is still still the best of the weekend. Uh, Very quickly, our number three team, Alcorn State, with a 44-27 win over Texas Southern. Number four, FAMU, had to escape Itabina with their life with a 31-28 victory. We'll get into talking a little bit about that. And then Norfolk State went up to Howard and ruined their homecoming with a 45-31 smashing of the Bison. In the under D1 level, a great game on Saturday night if you had a chance to catch it or if you were just uh, stat watching. Langston, our number one team in the under D1 category, 18th ranked nationally in um, 
NAIA going up against the number nine ranked Ottawa of Arizona, Langston 44 to 41. We'll talk a little bit about the 634 yards of offense that Langston put up. Um, We're going to talk about the Albany State win a little bit shortly in the next break with Coach Giardina. Uh, Bowie State, of course, our number three team with a 27-7 win over Union. And number five, Fayetteville State with a 40-12 win over St. Aug. Fayetteville trailed at one point in time 12-10 in the second quarter to St. Aug. That's right. They trailed 12-10 in the second quarter before Fayetteville put down a 10-play 98-yard drive, took the lead, and just rolled from there. So we'll talk a little bit about that with uh, Chris Ferguson coming up. But let's step away because coming up in the next break, we're going to talk to the head ball coach at Albany State and get a feel for how dominating a team this is. And uh, the season's not over. Uh, there's a, I mean, this is a great start for Albany State, but we're going to find out uh, what coaches' thoughts are and how far this team can go. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back right after these words. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him! It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. 
Ooh, I like him. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford, and coming up a little bit later, it will be my co-host, A.D. Drew, who uh, is on his way back from Tuskegee Homecoming. Uh, We're expecting uh, Coach Gabe Giardini to be joining us a little bit later. Uh, We had hoped for this segment, but, you know, hey, look, Coach is busy. uh, This might be his one day to actually be away from football, so – even if it's five or ten minutes, if we get coach, uh, it'll be great. If not, we we all we definitely understand, um, you know. And so we'll we'll adjust our schedule accordingly, especially if he happens to contact us back later. But let's start with uh, our under D one games of note. Again, you know, we're just kind of recapping some of the games from the top five. And so, for those of you who did not get a chance to watch or see Langston and their uh, win over Ottawa, Arizona. It was a 44-41 victory for Langston, who now improved to 7-0, 6-0 in the conference. I mean, pretty much the the next two teams, the closest opponents, uh, you know, who they had to basically worry about was – I believe it was Arizona Wesleyan last week, or uh, and then it was this Ottawa team this week. I mean, Ottawa was ranked ninth in the nation in NAIA. Uh, Langston ranked 18th. 
So it'll be interesting to see how far does Langston move up in the in the rankings. You know, uh, I like to go to my good friends over at ComputerRatings.com. Uh, they are the creators of the Versus Sports Simulator. They do rankings. And I'm looking at their latest rankings for NAIA. And they have Langston moving all the way up to number eight, the eighth ranked team, uh, up 16 spots, or excuse me, up eight spots from where they were previously. And Ottawa, of course, dropped seven spots after losing. So Langston, of course, of the Sooner Athletic Conference with a chance to win another title. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I believe Langston won the title in 2018. 2019 may have finished tied, but, but lost out on the tiebreaker, if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously, the spring 2021, which was part of the 2021 season, they really didn't necessarily play a full, a full season. That season was done sort of set rankings for this fall. And so that's why Langston kind of started where they did in the rankings. I mean, a lot of people did not know what this team had. I mean, we had a conversation um, with, uh, with with Langston's coach uh, about, uh, what, maybe two or three weeks ago. And, you know, he was telling us that this uh, – actually, we were making a big deal about Raquan Washington, who had eight touchdowns, four passing – for rushing and then he dropped the bomb on us i mean obviously we you know we we were out of the loop a little bit that really his starting quarterback larry harrington was hurt and then all larry harrington has come he's come back and 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 just you know played at the level or higher than what washington did so i mean langston's sitting there with two great quarterbacks two very good quarterbacks right now harrington i think threw five touchdown passes last week he throws four this week, um, but you got to give some credit to uh, Gurkari or uh, Jakari Washington. Uh, make sure I get his name right here. Jackson, Jakari Jackson, who had 238 net yards, I believe, on 34 attempts, two touchdowns. Uh, again, Langston rushed for 335 yards. In the contest, uh, 631 total yards. After trailing 10 to nothing, uh, Jackson had a 40-yard touchdown run in the second quarter. And uh, Langston proceeded to outscore Ottawa 28 to 10 in the second quarter. And uh, pretty much traded scores from there on out. But they always held that lead. And uh, never really relinquished it. And uh, so credit to uh, Langston and, uh, and of course, to Coach Quentin Morgan for what he's building. And, and that team will be in another position, as they were, I believe, in 2018, when they get a chance to possibly host an NAIA playoff game. I mean, they have a couple of games left on their schedule. Um, and so we'll get a chance to, to talk a little bit more about that but it looks like we have joining us right now 
We have uh, Coach Gabe Giardina. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. You know, I, we haven't had I haven't had a chance to to talk to you since 2019, uh, the media day uh, that was at the College uh, Football Hall of Fame. So, you know, uh, it's a pleasure to kind of get back and, and see. Uh, everything that this team is doing this year. Congratulations on the win uh, last night against Savannah State. Uh, I, apparently, I, I understand it was senior night as well, uh, or senior game uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, let's start there. Talk a little bit about those seniors and the impact that they have made in your program, especially in dealing with uh, the pandemic year. Yeah, I, you know, I, I everybody uh, that talks to me about our seniors, I, I just tell them that the pandemic was harder on them than really our freshmen uh, and our young players just because you know, our freshmen didn't know any better, you know. Uh, and our seniors, especially the guys who have been playing a lot, you know, they really had something that, that uh, you know, uh, they had been depending on kind of ripped away from them. And, and uh, so it was tough. We had to do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of talks and a lot of um, – you know, heart to hearts, just about, you know, the future and, you know, kind of what uh, direction their life was going in and what was important to them. Uh, and those guys have responded just with a vengeance and, and they just see every game as a blessing right now. Um, and they're not just happy to be there. You know, they want to take advantage of the opportunity. And, and uh, you know, that's what we really challenged our team with uh, last week was just, hey, answer the call. And, and, uh, and those guys really did in a big way. And, they did a great job. You know, senior day can always be really emotional. And I just asked them, I said, look, don't get emotional before the game. I said, you can get emotional afterward. But they did a great job of managing their emotions with their parents and everybody before the game. And uh, and they really went out and played well from the from the opening kickoff. Yeah, and I, I, I can't even imagine all the emotions of just that moment. And then here it is, you're taking on Savannah State, uh, you know, a team that uh, – Really, you know, for, for if people don't know, it's the only team in the regular season that your program has lost to over the last few years. Uh, so I don't know if there was a, a little payback that for those seniors that they wanted to kind of, you know, that's for us media folks to talk about. But um, that yeah. game last night, that game was just a, <laughs> exactly that game was a dominating performance. It's the fourth shutout this year. Um, so I, I guess my my first question goes to. Is this the best mm -hmm. defensive unit? Now, the season's not over, so but, I mean, so far, is this the best defensive team that you've had uh, since you've been at Albany State? Yeah, I mean, I, I think no doubt it's the best overall unit. Um, you know, I, I don't think we you know, are a team full of stars or anything like that. I think we just play really, really hard together. Uh, and, uh, you know, we played way more than 11. You know, we played probably about 18 guys on defense and, and got a couple of different packages and, and really try to mix and vary it up. Um, and those guys, you know, we, we played the whole game without our starting Mike linebacker, um, Antonio Leroy, who we lost against Benedict um, for the season. Um, and so, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, there's a, um, I guess a little bit of a, maybe a mental void out there, but physically, you know, the guys that, that, that played for us, uh, you know, Renze Oku and Malik Barnes kind of stepped in there and, and they played hard and physical, and, uh, and but it was really all 11 guys showing up at the ball every time. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a special group on defense, that's for sure. 
do, do they take, is there a, a level of pride that's starting to set in amongst this group uh, in, in terms of giving up points? Because uh, it feels that way. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, they don't really talk about it, you know, and we and I don't really bring it up, you know, to them. Uh, but they know it's been a long time since they've given up a touchdown. And they would actually even correct you. They was, you know, when, when Benedict, you know, we, we gave up seven points to them, but it was a pick six. So in our defense's mind, they've had five shutouts, you know. Uh, okay. And so okay. They, 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 were quick to, they were quick to point that out to me in the locker room after the game. Uh, and, uh, you know, I keep telling, I, you know, I'm soliciting all donut shops in Albany. You know, every time they throw up a, a you know, a zero on that side of the ball, you know, we feed them donuts on Monday. And so, I, you know, I, I'm Krispy Kreme, Dunkin' Donuts, the old, you know, mom and pop shop around the corner here. I'm like, hey, can we get a donation here? Because I'm going broke on these donuts over here. Uh, and uh, but they really do. They, they, they take a lot of pride in just playing hard. You know, we want to do two things every single week, and that's play with physical brutality and relentless effort. And uh, and the, we just keep telling them, as long as you keep doing that, guys, good things are going to happen to you. Um, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the, this uh, mm-hmm. offense that has uh, is averaging about almost 20, 28 points a game, um, right. and it's the the, the rushing. The rushing has, has gotten – the rushing attack has gotten a lot of attention of late, but as I was watching the game, mm-hmm. uh, your quarterback, Danu, he, he was he was making some great plays. Talk a little bit about the offensive side of the ball and, and what are you what are you most proud of as you watch what they are doing every week? Well, I, I think we just keep continuing to get better, uh, and Deontay has done a great job. You know, he – he does just such a great job of keeping us out of negative plays, you know, checking protections or going from pass to run. You know, if we've got some kind of RPO or we're outnumbered, hey, let's just hand it off and let's, you know, try to make four or five yards and then let's go make the next play. And uh, and then he's just gotten better and better every single week at throwing balls into tighter and tighter windows. And, you know, we, we converted on a couple third downs that led to big plays right after those conversions that were just, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. You know, it's third and eight. And we throw a little screen and he's going to throw the ball through a little small window between a guard and tackle, you know, underneath. And man, he does it. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a first down. The next play we, we score a 60 yard touchdown on a little, uh, you know, vertical seam uh, switch route. Um, you know, and the same thing kind of happened in the first half. You know, we, we, we're, we're driving the ball down and we're third and 11 or something like that. And he throws a dig over the middle you know, to a tight end. I mean, it literally is inches away from two different hands on the defense. Uh, and then the next play we go score, you know. So I just – Deontay has really matured, uh, you know, from a leadership standpoint. Um, the guys really believe him. And, you know, the, the biggest reason he's the quarterback is because he's he won the locker room, you know, and uh, the guys believe in him. And that guy just never gets phased. I mean, I've you know, we've chewed his tail a hundred times about this, that, or the other <laughs> – because we know he's competitive and he's just like, yes, sir. I mean, he, he is the calm within the middle of the storm and uh, it just gives every player around him a lot of confidence. Now, and he's just a freshman or is he a, almost like a red shirt freshman? Is he a true freshman? Yeah, he's, he's like, no, he's a red shirt sophomore. I mean, so he's okay, been here for three years. Okay. I mean, he came here. Yeah, I mean, okay. he was, I mean, golly, if I could get some weight on him, I'd really be something, you know what I'm saying? He probably came here at 150 pounds. You know, now he's about 180, you know, but the guy's 6'2", you know, and he, he still looks like he could, uh, you know, take up residence at Golden Corral and just eat, you know. 
um, because he just uh, he's a skinny guy, um, but he's got a really live arm, and the guy just loves football. You know, I mean that's that's he eats it, he breathes it, he drinks it. You know, uh, you know it's great when the strength coach is coming to you and saying, "Hey, look, he ain't the strongest guy." Gabe, but that guy works his tail off. He's here every day. He's here every day in the summer. You know, he wants to be great. You know, and that's when your best, when the best players on your team are your best people, I think that's when you get a chance to be really good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, AD Drew joining us right now. Drew, you got a question for Coach? Uh, good, good evening, Coach. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine, and uh, please don't make me uh, run any run any extra for after practice because I was uh, late getting on today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but no, we'll both no. be running. I was late too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And uh, yeah. I've caught I've caught most of the interview uh, while I was getting myself uh, prepared for the uh, for this, but mm-hmm. the SIC East. You yes, guys sir. have for lack of a better words, you, you control your own destiny. I'm, uh, right. I was on earlier today with uh, Coach Damon Wilson up at Bowie State, who's also in a similar position, essentially locking up the CIAA if they take care of business. So I'm going to ask you the same mm-hmm. question I asked him this morning. I need you to talk to the pol- to the pollsters, to the voters, to all the people who will be doing the playoffs, Coach. Man. I want mm-hmm. you to sell your program to them, tell them, A, why you should be in, which we all think you're going to be in, but B, why you think you deserve a home game on top of it, Coach? Well, I, you know, first of all, I think, um, you know, we got a defense that's given up less than six points a game. I mean, we've just been really lights out on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, in the kicking game, you know, I don't know if anybody's down more punts inside the 20 than we have. And then we just got a lot of weapons on offense that is just we're finally starting to kind of feel like turn the corner on offense and kind of peak at the right time. You know, started off slow and, and um, you know, really um, uh, kind of led by our defense there for a while. But I think really we're coming around offensively. And then if you look who we lost to, and we lost to Valdosta State, they're the number three team in the country. We lost 21 to three. The last touchdown of the game was a garbage touchdown late in the game. Um uh, where we gave one up, you know, we, we should have, you know, had a chance to be leading at halftime and just couldn't punch it in. Um, and, oh, by the way, there was a two-and-a-half-hour lightning delay before the game, and we started the game almost at 945 in Valdosta, Georgia. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, from a, a strength of schedule standpoint and things like that, the East has really been a tough test for us. I mean, I really think that, um, you know, obviously Savannah is good. I think Benedict is is really good, and I think we got two tough tests left here with Morehouse and and doggone Fort Valley has got a good team as well. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, yeah, it is time you know to for us to um, in both leagues, you know, us and Bowie or whoever you know whoever gets in, you know, uh, uh, in our conferences, it needs to have a home game um, and has earned it, um, and it's on the field. I'm gonna throw one other thing you need to sell them with. You had the 21 mm-hmm. points that you gave up against Valdosta was is has been their lowest output of these seasons. Exactly so you right. Can add that one in. Uh, also, their next lowest output has been 41 against Mississippi College, a uh, team who you also right. beat. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And 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 we really didn't play. I mean, we turned it over four times that night. Uh, you know, our defense really could have could have pointed some 
a lot of fingers and, and, and could we put them in some bad situations and they bowed up every single time. Yeah. Hey, uh, coach, let me uh, get you out of here with this. Uh, as these final games come up, what, what's the message to your, to your team? What's the message to the fan base? I mean, you're, 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 you're rolling in the right direction, but as you just said, you don't want to look ahead. Morehouse, many people thought Morehouse was, was dead. Now they've won three in a row. Uh, Fort Valley uh, is nothing to, uh, sneak, uh, to, to sleep on. Uh, let let your fan base and, and, and let us know what the message is over these last uh, weeks, last two weeks of the regular season. Well, I, I think the big thing is just, hey, we got to keep controlling what we can control. Um, you know, we got to keep showing up every single week and just playing with relentless effort uh, and physical brutality. And we got to keep loving each other. You know what I'm saying? And, and there is no better fan base that I've ever been around uh, than the Ram Nation. Um, and, and, hey, keep showing up. Keep supporting this football team. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, and we're excited about playing in Atlanta next week. We've got all kinds of alums there. Hey, show up early. Stay late and be loud. Um, and, uh, hey, come come watch a team that's really going to play uh, with their heart on their sleeve every single play. Yes, sir. Well, yes, we sir. Well, Lee uh, is there to support y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we – uh, hey, I, I, I love that. Relentless effort and physical mm-hmm. brutality. I mean, that is beautiful. Well said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best defense in the country. Uh, I, we'll, we'll put you guys up there against anybody, and we want to – we love to see mm-hmm. uh, we love to see defense in this era of offense. It's good to see some defense out there, you know. Good to see defense. Uh, that's what wins championships. That's what they always say, right? At the end of the day. Hey, that's right. Defense wins championships, brother. Defense wins All right. championships. So. Yes, sir. Coach, thank you for your time today. Good luck uh, the rest of the season, and hopefully we get a chance to talk to you uh, in the next few weeks after a championship. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys, anytime. I really appreciate it. All right. Again, Coach Gabe Giardinia. We'll be back right after these words. You're watching a BCSM Sports Wrap. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Oh, that spin class was brutal. You can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Well, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. 
online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Supermarket Sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Thank you, guys. Sports Wrap, Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew here. And joining us, our good friend of the program, Chris Ferguson of D2Football.com, giving the uh, under D1 level all kinds of love in the first hour of the show. Uh, you know, so uh, that, that's where the excitement is. I mean, you know, the, we got another week or two before it gets really heated in the D1 level. But the D2, there's only two weeks left of the season, Chris. Uh, and then, you know what? It's playoff time. You know, we got co- conference championships and playoffs. Uh, it almost doesn't seem real that we're on week number eight or finish with week number eight, does it? No, it doesn't. I tell you, though, uh, it's been an incredible year. Uh, there's been so many things done around the conferences. Uh, SIAC, I was listening to the, the, the interview with uh, with Coach Gabe and, uh, and, and this – you know, across the board, it's been an incredible um, comeback year for, for, for football. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot going on, and, and it's been very enjoyable. How about this? You know, Albany State uh, over in SIC has is, I mean, hi, highly – look, they're the number one scoring defense, averaging six a game, only giving up six a game. Uh, as Coach corrected me, they really have – the defense has only, it really has five shutouts, uh, even though four is in official books. But uh, they they gave up a somebody gave up a punt return I think it was coach said so the defense like that doesn't count, a pick six yeah so that doesn't count the defense like that doesn't count on us but uh, so however you want to debate it they either got four or maybe five shutouts in uh, in eight games uh, the number one team Valdosta State they played better than anybody in the country but it's two CIAA schools Chris that have total defensive rankings higher than Albany State. Fayetteville State, number two in the nation in total defense. Bowie State coming in at number four. What's your take on on that when you saw those uh, numbers? Well, you know, Bowie State's defense is something I've been talking about all year, and uh, it didn't really matter uh, who they've lined up against this year. Uh, they've been able to slow, slow down and shut down offenses uh, a, a good example would be uh, University of New Haven, uh, who's out of the Northeast 10. 
so New Haven, uh, for those who do not know, are um, tied for first in their conference in the Northeast 10. Um, they were the favorites to win the conference. And uh, really, it was – so New Haven scored 12 points. But it was really it, – it's really more like six because the other touchdown happened on the last play of the game where it really didn't matter at that point. And in that particular game, uh, Bowie State scored uh, 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 two touchdowns uh, on, on our defense. Uh, and uh, a stat line that many people may not realize, but Bowie State actually leads the country in, um, uh, on, on defensive scoring. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, it, it's like every, every game almost, if not every game, they're pitching, they're getting turnovers, um, they're liable to score on defense as well as offense. I mean, you really can't ask much more out of out of a defense. So, uh, Fayetteville State's a little bit more interesting. Uh, they they have a really strong defense as well. Uh, uh, it, the 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 grade of competition is a little bit lower. Um, so, that's a little bit more of a concern. I think we kind of saw how they played against uh, Wingate. I was hoping that they'd have a little bit stronger. A defensive effort there. Um, but, you know, as they got into conference play, you, you kind of saw the same thing. Uh, a lot of interceptions, uh, a lot of uh, uh, the defensive line has been uh, ravaging offenses all year long. Um, and so um, certainly uh, a lot of praise to go uh, on that defense. Uh, I just think that at the same time, you have to look at the great competition. And it is a little bit lower for them and, and for them to be able to still pull off what they uh, are doing is still pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Fayetteville state thing is something that uh, I kind of brought up the other day. It's one of the best teams that we're really not talking about. And, and part of that is twofold. I think uh, part of it is they're in the CIAA South and then They've lost the last opportunities that they've had when they've uh, when they played Bowie the last two years. So uh, it looks like those two worlds are going to collide again. Uh, Bowie versus Fayetteville three. I mean, I don't I don't think even though it's not official yet, I don't think there's anything in either team's way to prevent that from happening. Am I correct in that? You you kind of, would you agree with that? Yeah, the way that the conference is set up. Um, it goes on total conference, total conference record, right? So you've got, uh, they got through Shaw, and so Shaw has one loss in the Southern Division. Uh, and they, uh, Winston State is undefeated in the South Division, but they lost two games in crossover play. So when you look at the, the division games and you add in the crossovers, uh, you would need Fable State to lose their last two games to not make it to the championship game. I just don't see that happening. Uh, yeah. I mean, Livingstone's defense is is, is a legit defense. Uh, I don't think we give defenses a, a lot of love, but uh, uh, Livingstone's defense is really good. Uh, the problem is they don't have any offense. I mean, they got shut out uh, this past weekend, uh, yesterday against Winston State. Uh, and, uh, and and they've just shown to not have enough um, to, to keep up. And, and you saw that with Fayetteville State yesterday, right? They were playing St. Aug, a winless team. They actually went down early in the game. Uh, but St. Aug didn't have enough offense to keep up, and, and, and neither does uh, Livingstone. So 
you know, that's the last hurdle. If they, you know, Winston State game at the end of the year really isn't going to matter um, from a championship entry standpoint. It, it, it's the Livingstone game this coming up weekend, and I just don't see Livingstone having enough to 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 uh, to put drop of ale in the in, in the column for 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 Fayetteville State. So, uh, but before I give it over to Drew, you brought since you brought up Livingstone, uh, in terms of total defense, there are six. HBCUs ahead of Valdosta State, who is highly regarded as probably one of the best teams in Division II. Uh, Fayetteville State, Bowie, Albany State, Savannah State, Shaw, and Livingstone. The, the problem is, as you just pointed out, only Fayetteville State has an offense in the top 50, while Valdosta State is the number one offensive team in the country. So it's like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, great defense, but you have any offense to match it. So it's like, you know, Drew, what do you got? Uh, I, I'm going to stick with the playoff thing since that's kind of been my theme all day long, Chris. Uh, you know the remaining games, not only for for Bowie State, and we can't discuss Albany State, even though we know you're the CIAA uh, expert. Where do you think, these two teams will wind up in the final rankings as some of the uh, G- GSE teams and some of the uh, uh, why am I drawing a blank for the other conference uh, that, that, that the Gulf South up. and the South Atlantic. Yeah, Gulf, South Atlantic, yeah. We'll wind up, you know, they still have a couple important games to each other where teams that are ahead of them right now could, poss- could possibly lose because they're, uh, they're playing ranked teams. So where, where will Bowie State wind up? What could possibly Albany State wind up in the final rankings? And will either one of them get a ranking high enough to be able to host the first round? So the the Division II playoffs, um, there are seven teams that qualify to get in um, per region, and there's four regions. Um, and both the SIC and the CAAA play in Super Region Two, which includes those two conferences, the Gulf South and the South Atlantic Conference. And so you've got some teams in there that are kind of bunched up together that are going to have to play each other um, that are one-loss teams right now or don't have any losses. Um, the one that looms, I think, uh, is going to be uh, Valdosta State and West Florida, who play in Week 11, which is really the championship week for the CIAA. Um, but that that's a pretty big game. I think two losses puts West Florida um, – you know, on on the bubble, certainly on the road to travel somewhere. Um, so, but they're going to be still very, very dangerous um, as a six or seven seed. Uh, if it goes to that point, I, I think that the Gulf South is strong enough that, you know, they're going to get at least three teams in. Um, so, so Bowie State, right? So Bowie State has one loss, right? But that one loss was to a, a Division One team doesn't count for, for the playoffs, for Division Two playoffs. So technically, they're undefeated in Division Two, and mm-hmm. it's very likely they're going to host a playoff game. If they went out, um, they go ten and zero in Division Two play. They're going to host a playoff game, probably as a two or three seed is what I would think. Uh, so, because and a, they and have a two seed means they would get a second round game potentially. Well, a two seed means you, yeah, yeah. If you win, then yeah, you would be hosting at least the first two rounds if you win the first round. Yep. So, which is unlike what happened to them 
um, what happened to them before because um, they won the first round game at home when they played in 2018, but then they had to go on the road to play Valdosta. Um, a two seed basically is going to mean that you win the first round, you get to host again for the second round, which would be awesome if that were to be the case. Um, Albany is a little different because that one loss, you got a bunch of one loss teams. And, you know, like I mentioned, I think you've still got a West Florida that, that may be ahead of them based on strength of schedule. Um, you've got uh, West Georgia is another one um, that's going to be right there with them, probably ahead of them because of strength of schedule. So that might put them more like fifth right now. Um, and West Florida and Valdosta have to play, which is which means there are a couple of scenarios to think about here. If Valdosta, if Bowie State wins out, Albany State wins out, and Valdosta and West Florida play, and West Florida loses, then I think that that's going to move Albany up to potentially host a playoff game, I think. Um, if Valdosta also, if Valdosta loses, then there's this question of, does Bowie State have the strength of schedule to actually get the number one seed? which means that they would host throughout the first three rounds should they get that far. Um, and, 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 and that's not unprecedented territory for the CIAA to have a, a one seed. And if I remember correctly, uh, North Carolina Central back in 2006 had a one seed. Uh, Winston State um, had got a one seed uh, in, in 2012. So it will be an incredible feat um, for, for that to happen. Uh, but, you know, that one loss uh, for, for, for Albany is going to be a real question as to where they land because the committee is going to look, look at head-to-head, so they're not going to finish ahead of Valdosta if they have one loss as well. Um, so I think that, you know, they might be – they could be in the 5-6-7 category. Um, it, they may be a little higher. It's kind of hard to peg it, but, you know, the knock is always going to be strength of schedule, and it does help that – that Albany does have some wins against um, some of the Gulf South teams uh, this year, although they're the lower end, but still anything helps. So despite that Albany uh, has held Valdosta half of their regular output uh, compared to everybody else, do you think the committee is going to look at that favorably? Valdosta gave up a score of 21 against Albany. They've scored 41 or more against everyone else. I think it's got to count for something. I mean, they say that the um, the the uh, margin of victory uh, doesn't count in the actual overall metrics. But I mean, when you just when you have a, a committee of folks, there's always a human factor, right? And that human factor, is the the at, yeah, yeah, the eye test. They they didn't let anyone else score. Um, so uh, more than than than. 21 for Valdosta, right? 21. They only got 21 against Albany State, and, they, and everybody else has been scoring a lot more. Because I could, I could almost assure you, West Florida and Valdosta is going to be, uh, uh, West Florida is going to give up more than 21 points. They've been doing it all season. They're not built to, to play defense. They're built to score you. Uh, so, uh, it, it, yes, the eye test is certainly going to be a really good question mark, uh, really good uh, a thing for them in the end. Uh, so. I really hope that they do get to host a playoff game. I mean, as a conference champion and as uh, a team that only has one loss, should they make it all the way to the end. 
that they would be rewarded with one, and I certainly think that they is justified. The uh, the fluctuations between these scenarios are, are mind numbing. Um, and, and you know, what worries, <laughs> well, you know, because as I'm looking at again, like I said, the Massey ratings are off because uh, they've got an incorrect score. I'm looking at the the versus uh, sports simulator on computerratings.com, where they have Albany ranked ninth. Of course, Valdosta's one, West Florida's three, West Georgia is five, Albany's ninth. Bowie is twenty fourth. So it's like, wow, Bowie's twenty fourth. I, you know, so now that's the ratings. But again, I think they're being penalized because of their schedule. It looks like their schedule has a, has a lower schedule rating than uh albany so i what worries me now let, let's you know let's give credit to fayetteville state because fayetteville state could be playing that role where they only have one loss you know and it, it, it's we can't we shouldn't say it's inconceivable that fayetteville state can beat Bowie. um you know I, I don't know how likely or unlikely it is but what's really going to be interesting is what happens on the other side of the SIAC because whoever Albany has to, I mean, that thing is still undecided. I mean, you've got the best in the West. Yeah. Well, it looks like, like the thing that helps miles is that they, even though they have, everybody has four teams with two losses, but they are three and O in that little pod. So obviously three, I was just looking at it. It said three and O. Yeah. Three and O. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Three and O. So, that's what kind of that's it's kind of interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, I, I want to bring it back to the games last week because uh, I want to give some. I want you to give some credit or talk about the biggest win I thought of the weekend might have been uh, Elizabeth City with uh, with the win over Shawan um, on a night when Bryce Witt throws four seventy four and four touchdowns. Shawan rarely loses those kind of games, but somehow the Vikings get their third win, if I'm not mistaken, right? Third win of the season. They're like three and two in the North. I mean, that's like big time for ECSU, given where they were a couple years ago. Uh, talk a little bit about that game, Chris. Can, can we talk about last week, too? Because, I mean, Little <laughs> City is the same team that lost to Lincoln. Right? I mean, it's like they're so hard to figure out. Oh, my gosh. And we, like, on on the D2 football site, you know, we have a lot of players or a lot of posters who pick games every week along with me. Everybody picked Lincoln. I mean, everybody picked Elizabeth City except for one person. And that one person, I I feel like, took a shot in the dark and and actually was right. Uh, I mean, so, you know, going into this game, you're thinking that, okay, we know that Trowan can score. Defense has been improved. Um, but I tell you, and it's interesting because in that game, like Trowan, who's notorious for penalties, managed to have, um, you know, these third and 20s and third and 15s and will convert them. Um, <laughs> so, it, it, you know, is it because they just had that long pass game? Um, I wrote about this um, for for HBCU Game Day, and and I and I as I went through and looked at everything, Trowan had over 500 yards 
of total offense and and had more than double the passing yards of, of Elizabeth City and still managed to lose this game. And this game really came down to really one possession. There was one possession in the, in, in early in the fourth quarter where uh, Trowan was right there knocking on the doorstep and they really haven't, they, they really didn't run the ball well in this game. And they were inside the five. They couldn't, they couldn't punch it in. They couldn't, they could get a first down and not score. And they, they couldn't do it. Um, I mean, that was the difference maker in this game. All the other stats, penalties were about the same time possession, not that much different. But the way that Elizabeth City took advantage of you know, a, a special teams breakdown. I mean, they scored that way. Um, and and there were just some spectacular plays by the wide receivers. I mean, they have three really good wide receivers. Uh, and, and and even with the quarterback going down, Kevin Caldwell, uh, DeAubre Smith coming in, who is a different style of, of, of a passer, he actually does run the ball too, um, whereas Caldwell does not. So, that added dimension was something that uh, we saw with Chowan earlier struggle with when they played Tusculum early this year, and he kind of did the same thing to him. So in the end, I mean, you just had that was a that was a, a Elizabeth City team that certainly on paper doesn't look like they could match up with, but I tell you, this that that bunch of of, uh, of guys have a lot of heart, and uh, and they've got a lot of potential. So. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens going forward, but you got to really tip your hat um, to what the coaching staff has been able to do, what they've been able to bring in, um, because a lot of those guys are guys that they recruited, and and then you've got some freshmen in the mix that that especially on defense, uh, offensive line and wide receiver that are really doing really well um, this year. So, um, so yeah, uh, you know, I've had some chats with some folks that have asked me to, when are you going to talk about Chowan the Pretenders? Well, here you go. Chowan were the pretenders. Um, they, they fooled us. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think very highly of the coaching staff there. I really like enjoying watching them, but uh, uh, they, they've got us three, three, uh, three, three weeks in a row now. Yeah, th- three weeks in a row. So, uh, you know, props to Elizabeth City. Uh, I, I, you know, just looking at what they forced on those downs uh, in that third and fourth quarter, forced two, fun, two punts and two uh, turnovers on downs, basically stopping them on fourth down, as you said, at, at the two-yard line, and then around midfield uh, late in the fourth quarter, and, and they outscored them 14-0 down the stretch, and uh, that's a big win. And uh, I know now the question is, you know, can Elizabeth City turn it around? Now they got they host Virginia Union, and then they, they travel up to Bowie. So, you know, um, but, but I think uh, – for all intents and purposes. I mean, there's a chance where Elizabeth City could technically finish second in the North. I, I think that would be a big win for them if they finish. I mean, heck, just finishing third, I think, would be a big win given where they've been over the last few years. That'd be a big win. Um, they've and, won and more the, games this year than they have for the last three years. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Shaw is another team – Chris, you don't have to. You don't have to lamb me. You don't have to talk long about Shaw, but I, I just going back to think two losses by five points, three and two, and that that's where Shaw's season is. Shaw may finish like eight and two, 
but they'll have like those two losses. And that's gotta be that's gotta be tough. Um let me get you out of here on this. Uh game of the week this upcoming week. I mean, is there anything up ahead that I mean Shaw plays Winston Salem? I mean, is, is that a that's probably your game of the week, I, I would imagine, right? Well, I think you got two. Um in the north you got Virginia uh State and Chowan. Um mm-hmm. And I, I think that's an important game because it, it'll be good to see kind of what Virginia State brings to the table. That was another team that was struggling early this year and has seen to have found a groove even in that loss to, to Bowie State. I mean, they've been – their offense has gotten a lot better uh, since uh, Chauncey Caldwell has uh, taken the reins at quarterback, uh, the, the North Carolina Central transfer. Um, so – you know, it, it'll be really interesting to see how high scoring of a game that is, or at least how much offense is put on the board, um, because those are two teams that certainly know how to do it. Uh, in the South, yes, I, I think that, you know, Winston State really has um, two rivalry um, games every year in football. Favor State to end this season and Shaw right before it. And, you know, 2019, Shaw. Uh, went to Winston State and blanked them. Um, this season so far, you know, Winston State had a really hard time uh, on offense. They changed offensive coordinators. And now you've got uh, uh, the defense also stepping up and pitching two shutouts one <laughs> in a row. So I, I don't think that Shaw's going to get shut out. Uh, I, I still think that Shaw's probably favored in this game, and they're also the home team. Uh, but you know, at the same time, um, you know, Winston State winning, if, if they win this game and they win and, and they have a competitive showing against Fable State, I think there are going to be some real questions being, being asked. Uh, what do you do um, with Coach Massey at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, you know, Shaw, if they sweep all their games and they win their last two games, uh, then every year since uh, Coach Jones has been there, they've improved their record. You know, so they can end up, what, seven and three. I mean, that's incredible from where they have been as well when they hit that bottom. And uh, they went, I think, like one and nine to turn around and each year improve their win total. So there's a lot of pride on, on the table for in the South for both of those teams. Um, and, and, and they both need to win just to see if Fayetteville State is going to somehow slip up. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, I mean, the same in the North, but, I mean, does anybody think that Bowie State is going to slip up to Lincoln? I, I don't think so. Um, uh, anything is possible, but I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, so, yeah, I think you really have the middle of the, the divisions that are the games of the week just because the top teams uh, are playing schools that, you know, probably – they're going to not have but so much difficulty getting getting over in the first half. So, All right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put Drew's money on that uh, on that on that bet that uh, Bowie loses to, to Lincoln. Um, Chris, hey, let hey, the people hey, know. Drew, I did, hey, hey, Drew, I did want to mention just for Gulf South for the for the playoffs. I pulled up the schedule. So you've got some interesting teams, uh, interesting games, even this upcoming weekend. West Georgia and Valdosta State have to play. And then Valdosta and West Florida play um, the week of the last week of the season. So 
somebody's going to end up with two losses and then West Florida and West Alabama have to play as well. And West Alabama has been ranked um, this year too. So somebody's going to knock somebody out, out in the Gulf South. And I think because of that, that's where I, I see the scenario where Albany could, could host a, a playoff game in the first round. All right. Could you well, imagine uh, Albany and Bowie hosting? Yes, I can imagine that. Absolutely. It, it is a distinct possibility. Uh, if they both went out, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Well, look, as much as we're talking about them, I know there are some schools on the other side that are like, hey, we hear all, you, all this talk about Bowie and, and Albany, and uh, they can be playing the uh, spoilers. And so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Chris, let the people, you got a show that you're doing a little later tonight. Uh, where can we catch that show? So, um, so as part of the uh, cadre of folks who write for Division2Football.com, uh, we do a, a show uh, across the entire landscape, and we will be talking about regional rankings some t- tonight. Um, that show starts at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time, uh, and you can find that on the uh uh, if you go to YouTube and, and search d2football.com, uh, we, we host it there. We also host it on, on Facebook. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, at d2kferg is, is where I do my writing. Um, and I also uh, do some writing uh, this year for um, HBCU Game Day. Uh, and, and those guys do some wonderful things as well. So, you know, somewhere else that you can get your fix of, uh, HBCU football. So, you know, all of those things uh, are, are ways in which you can catch me. It's been a very busy year, that's for sure. And um, also, uh, regional rankings come out tomorrow. Um, the first I was round. Ask first you that question. Regional rankings. Yeah, first set of regional rankings come out tomorrow. So, there'll be a lot of discussion about that. There's going to be a lot of discussion in the next week or so about who, who might be conference player of the year as well. Um, so, Trust me, I have my pencil right here. I will be putting pencil to paper. There will be a lot to to, to write about, talk about uh, as the season wraps up. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll be uh, we'll tune in. So when our show ends, uh, we'll be flipping over and go catch uh, Chris on D2Football.com, especially, like I said, uh, uh, the D2, D2 level. I mean, it's some drama. I mean, look at, look at, look at the standing. So, I mean, there's some drama. So we'll see what it looks like for our uh, HBCUs over on that level. Chris, I always appreciate your time, man. Thank you. And uh, you guys have a good show tonight, all right? I appreciate it and look forward to next time we can all get together. Yes, sir. Right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after these words on the BCSM Sports Wrap. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us.
return to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, AD Drew here, and uh, we uh, want to appreciate uh, Chris Ferguson and Coach uh, Coach Gabe, Coach Gabe Giardina for from Albany State for uh, joining us in the last hour. Coming up a little bit later, we'll talk to Joe Clay of the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast about Prairie View A and M. That's his show. That podcast covers. Prairie View A&M, and so they are our number one team. Uh, uh, Drew, uh, our, our number one team kind of came, they served notice over this past weekend. A lot of people had questions about Prairie View being ranked number one, and uh, they, they looked apart the from start to finish, I would say. Yeah, they did. Uh, when, as you're watching this game, you know, very competitive first half at homecoming for – Southern and I believe the it was a seven point game early in the third quarter before Prairie View went on a I believe it was a thirty one unanswered points in the third quarter after uh, I think was, Southern I got scored to make it. Yeah, it twenty. I got twenty seven. Three touchdowns, two field goals. Okay, before uh, Southern added a garbage time touchdown on homecoming to. Uh, Keep the fans somewhat happy, but uh, more home goings than homecomings. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Southern was one of five schools. I don't know if you heard at the beginning, I mentioned the homecoming tally for this past weekend. It was five and five. Five winners, five losers. That's the most losses in the homecoming season since uh, two weeks ago. When it was seven, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you was gonna say it's like 2016 or something. He's like, like, yeah. like, no, it's just 16 days ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, seven... oh, no, about to com- 
I was gonna say, oh, Dr. Cavill showed this morning where uh, I was a special co-host with him. Uh, we came up with a brand new hashtag, and we think it ought to be used for the remainder of the homecoming season. Okay, and it is hashtag protect your homecoming. Okay, I like that. So that that notice should be sent out right now. Tennessee State, FAMU, Clark Atlanta, Johnson C. Smith. North Carolina AMT hashtag protect your homecoming. Uh, somebody's going to lose in their homecoming game. Uh, I think AMT has the toughest game. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I, I, you know, I, I let me do uh, it. Obama quick. has to be the toughest game of homecoming opponents. You know, uh, Aggie Nation needs to be protect our homecoming, protect your homecoming, protect something this week. And you know, you know what my next line is about this Monmouth game, Brian. What, <laughs> what is band it? At home. Yeah, Leave I'm the sure they will. Uh, greatest homecoming on earth. All right. I hope uh, it's Clark not the greatest homecoming uh, on earth. Yeah, well, look, Clark host Benedict. Uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting, and then uh, Johnson C. Smith plays Saint Aug, so you know that'll be an interesting contest there for those games. Uh, Tennessee State plays. Uh, I'm just trying to go off the top of my head. I don't know. FAMU has Grambling. That's a dangerous game for the Rattlers, especially given the way they played. This uh, this past uh, weekend, uh, we can mention that for a second. Uh, our number four ranked team, Florida A and M, had a. This was almost that ta- you know, as they like to say, a tale of two games. You had FAMU that was leading seventeen to nothing at one point in the third quarter, and then I mean, actually, it was a 10-0 halftime lead. FAMU scored in the third quarter, seventeen zero, and then all of a sudden. After, let's see, Valley scored and then a fumble return for a touchdown. And before you knew it, it was 17-14. Uh, FAMU did manage to score on the ensuing drive. But then Valley came right back down the field on two next drives and even took a 28-24 to lead. Before Which is when I got a drive. text from someone, uh, who a, a Valley person, sent me a text like look at the score now because when i was with him earlier and we we were at we were at the tuskegee game together and it, it, it was 17 nothing by the time i left the tuskegee game and got to a uh alumni homecoming alumni event hey we down mm-hmm. so yeah um let's see jackson state uh, trailed nine to nothing before they uh, woke up and ran off a forty-two to three run over Bethune. But uh, should be noted, Bethune's defense with seven sacks, thirteen tackles for loss in that contest, uh, in front of a crowd of twenty-six thousand four hundred and twenty-eight. Which if I believe. Jackson State- oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, go ahead. I was uh, go ahead. Uh, talk about the crowd first, because we need to talk about some crowds. Well, I was going to say I don't. I was I was looking for Southern's numbers because I know Southern had homecoming, so I, I'll look up Southern's numbers. But that might be the only crowd 
that might have done better. But anyway, you know something's going to be said about the 26,000, but it was still, unless they added some seats at Southern, I don't think Southern passed 26,000. So it was either the number one or number two attendance game on the HBCU circuit. But, uh, you know, I'm sure Coach Prime will have something to say about it. What I was getting ready to say, though, is uh, if there's one glaring weakness with Jackson State, it is their run game. And in order for Jackson State to win out, win the SWAC matchup, potentially against a Prairie View, and ultimately win the Celebration Bowl, they are going to have to get the run game together, at least get it to respectable. We don't expect it to be great. But we need to at least get it to respectable Jackson State if you are going to be the representative coming out of the swag and into the Celebration Bowl. Yeah, um, I don't think it has to be. It, it needs to be respectable. It doesn't have to be great. I just think it needs to be, you know, I, I think because of the fact that they do pass the ball so well and that so much of what they do is short yardage passing anyway. Uh, they, they will throw a quick receiver screen or they'll throw a quick uh, three-step drop and, and you know, anything within five yards of the line of scrimmage, you know, and then that, that'll become a, a run-after-the-catch opportunity for, for any number of guys. You know, but I think their bigger problem, though, Drew, you mentioned the run, it's the offensive line. Uh, if they're giving up seven sacks, 13 tackles for loss, to me, that's an offensive line issue. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at what FAMU did against Jackson State. But uh, it'll be, I think, uh, Bethune with a comparable front. It'll be interesting to see what happens a little bit later when they play. I don't know if Southern is the squad to give them any troubles up front. It might be. It, it, I would say Alcorn might be a little tougher up front than Southern. In my opinion, yeah. yeah. Um, Looking at those attendance numbers, yeah, Brian. Go ahead, go ahead. Attendance numbers. Preview Southern twenty four five eighty. Okay, that's good. Respect. And the Jackson State. I just lost. Well, my that's twenty six four twenty eight. I got. I had the Jackson one twenty six four twenty eight. Right. So twenty four yeah. versus twenty six. Yeah, and uh, I, I watched a little bit of the Alcorn State win over Texas Southern. That was a 44-27 game. Uh, Alcorn controlled the clock 41 minutes and 13 seconds to 18.47. But Texas Southern actually outgained Alcorn by about 25 yards. The problem in this game, Texas Southern had three turnovers, three fumbles. Alcorn made no mistakes turnover. I mean, so there's your – there's your ball game. You know, it's like if you turn the ball over three times, I mean, you just put yourselves in a bad situation. So that was a home game for Texas Southern, and Alcorn ended up getting the win there. And we got to mention, Drew, our number five team, Norfolk State, going to uh, Howard's homecoming with a 45-31 win. Jawan Carter broke a, I feel like Jawan Carter is breaking a school record almost every week or every other week. He broke another one for consecutive completions on the way to a 332-yard 
uh, passing day. I don't think he had any touchdowns passing, though. Um, the, the, the running back, uh, Cameron Brent, had a couple of runs. Uh, Norfolk State has won five games in a row. That's the longest winning streak since 2011 for Norfolk State. Uh, Norfolk State Homecoming defense had attendance, 10,437. I, I think that's capacity for Green Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Norfolk State defense had a fumble return for a touchdown and a block punt touchdown. So there's your difference maker. There were 38 points scored uh, by both teams in the fourth quarter. Let's take a break, Drew, because coming up after the break, we got Joe Clay coming in to talk to us about Prairie View and then his observations of the SWAC. So we want to hear from him after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. We'll be back in just a moment. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she 
really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. It's something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Supermarket Sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. 
I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew here. And joining us from the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast, Joe Clay. Joe, welcome to the Sports Wrap. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Yeah, man. We uh, had a chance to, uh, it's probably our first time actually getting a chance to, well, no, I think we did one other show together, but uh, it's good to have you on. And uh, I think I you were on Doc's show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I can think of no better time than it is right now, uh, given the given the notices that our, the BCSN number one team is serving. Uh, <laughs> so, man, what what's it like right now in uh, in Panther Nation with uh, with the success of the team right now? Man, after last night's victory at Mumford Stadium in Scotlandville for Southern's homecoming, PV family is riding on an all-time high. I can't even explain it to you. Um, yeah, we, we made mention of the fact that uh, Southern was one of five schools to lose on homecoming, uh, which is the second time this season that five schools have lost their homecoming game. Um but what, what I was surprised, and it kind of went true to script, uh, listening to Carlos Brown's show on Saturday, he mentioned that the team, that it was going to come down to who ran the best. Uh, and and uh, Southern, it was well-documented what they did the week before. But uh, Prairie View ran 224 on 37 attempts, Southern only 130. Talk a little bit about that run defense and just how good is this Prairie View defense right now. Our front seven has been playing lights out all year. Uh, we have several upperclassmen on the, on that defensive line and in the linebacking core mixed in with some young guys. It's a very good mix of, of experienced guys and some youthful energy on the front seven. They've been extremely stingy all season long. They had a little setback uh, in Bethune-Cookman, uh, so they were dead set to have a, a – business as usual game against Southern and break this streak of losses that we've had. We have several other guys on the front seven who have not beat Southern. So they were not going to walk out of that stadium without a victory. They want it. They want it bad and they wanted it more than, than Southern wanted it. Um, so I will run again. I run defense held them to 130 yards rushing. Uh, I think previously Southern had been averaging over 300 yards rushing per game. Uh, so we are extremely confident in our run and our run not only our run defense but our defense as a whole those guys are are, are ready they're on one man they're on fire what was the streak you mentioned i mean i know the swack is full of these streaks where 
you know, one team hasn't beaten somebody in several years and another team, yeah. you know, has uh, – what What was the streak uh, of losses, I guess? Uh, Southern has beaten us for three straight years. Um, we haven't – we haven't – no, actually, we have not beat Southern since 2015, I believe. Uh, so they've beaten us three straight times on our campus. They gave oh, wow. us our first L in our brand-new stadium for our homecoming game a few years okay. ago. So okay. they earned the L that we gave them last night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drew, you got it. <laughs> All right, Joe. Preview. Going into its second bye in the month of October. Yeah. Does a, does a second bye this close together especially this late in the season does it scare you as a potential momentum breaker or do you see this as a potential advantage to get healthy for that final stretch run so that you guys could go ahead and wrap up the swack west and we actually we can see that two different ways because as you mentioned we've already had a buy um the buy was pre prior to going day to daytona beach to uh, face bethune cookman and we seemed like we were a little rusty uh, defensively, uh, particularly. Um, so, but rest is always good. We played several uh, games. We have a couple guys that have been uh, banged up a little bit. So, um, I think it's important to let those guys heal up. Uh, we were missing one of our linebackers uh, last night. I know for sure. Um, so, I think after that semi letdown game against Bethune Cookman. The team has learned from that bye week, and they will be ready to go, which our next game will be on campus for homecoming against Alabama State. I cannot see those guys, after beating Grambling and Southern, having a letdown for homecoming against Alabama State. I don't see it. So I'm confident that they're going to rest up, heal up, be prepared mentally and physically to dominate for homecoming. All right, now let let, let me let me ask you this, Joe. You know, everybody who sees the BCSN ranking, notice mm-hmm. I say the word ranking, not poll. This is not eye test. This is not human element, anything like that. Emails us, calls us, texts us, <laughs> and tells us how crazy we are to have preview ahead of Jackson State. And, and, and let's be real, Jackson State is the sexy pick. No, no doubt That's Jackson it. State is a sexy pick. And e- e- even prayer view people can admit Jackson State is the uh, sexy pick. Our argument has always come back to it's the numbers. Jackson State played a Division II, whereas Prairie View has not played a Division II opponent. Uh, so tell these people out here why Prairie View is – the right choice by the numbers as the BCSA number one ranked team. So first of all, those folks don't know no better. So forgive them. They know not what they do. They don't understand. <laughs> I- I'm sure they're not familiar with Prairie View A&M University. We're, we're a hidden gym down here in-, in Texas. We understand that. So from a football perspective, we've been off the map. Uh, you know, I-, I will admit it. There's no reason why, um, non prayer view folks or, or fans who are not who do not follow the swag there's no reason why they should believe that we deserve 
that high of a ranking because we haven't necessarily uh, performed over the last few years. Uh, we have always had the talent. So let me let the folks know. We have the talent. We have amongst the best talent of all the SWAC. There's no doubt about it, particularly from a skill position. Uh, we've spent the last couple of years beefing up on the offense and defensive line. That's been a focus of recruiting. So we've got several 300-pounders on the offensive line. We've got studs on the defensive line. Um, so we have the talent. So don't be surprised about the talent when you take the time to watch us. What has happened, what has really flipped the coin for us is the mental errors that we've made in past years that have kept us out of the SWAC championship game are no longer present. We have not seen the mental errors that have held us back over the last few years. And it's because of our veteran team, particularly our veteran defensive leadership. They have refused to allow mental errors derail what they are coming for. And so we see it. All of PV fam who have been longtime uh, fans of the program have witnessed that, man, we are not seeing those mental errors. This is a different team. This team is on one. They're focused. They want this. So, uh, yes, Jackson State is the sexy pick, but it's not for the right reasons. Their offense <laughs> is not prolific. Uh, yeah, Shadur Sanders can throw the ball. They've got one receiver who can really catch it, but we're not afraid of Jackson State. And if you, I, I was at uh, Jackson State's homecoming uh, last weekend and watched them play Alabama State. Alabama State's defense held solid for the first half of that game. Jackson State couldn't do much with their defense. Now they warmed down in the second half and started to put up points, but that game was a lot closer than what the end score in, uh, indicates. So, um, yeah, Jackson State beat FAMU, who did not have a quarterback. Um, I believe if FAMU had a quarterback situation straight, FAMU would have got that W, in my opinion. Um, so, hey, I we don't need the naysayers to be on our team. Y'all can – there's always room in a bandwagon once we get that W in the SWAG championship game. It's all good. We have room on a bandwagon. Trust us. Uh, so we've got the coaching, we've got the talent. Uh, we're just putting it all together now, man. And, and it, it's a wonderful time to be a Prairie View Panther. You know, I said this back in the spring, and I'll, I'll turn it over to Brian after this. Uh, when we when we gave our early bold predictions, I said, "Watch out for Prairie View." And you just mentioned quarterback. I said Prairie View was a quarterback away from competing in the West. That quarterback has come to pass, pun intended, literally, <laughs> with that in Jawan Pass. T tell the tell the impact Jawan Pass has had on that office and, and helping that office take that final step. Because you know as well as I do, that was one of the final pieces of the puzzle that Prairie View needed in order to compete. Well, let's not sell Jalen Morton short now, who has been our, was our quarterback for the past three years. He has yes. NFL-level talent, which is the reason yes. why he was but on the NFL rosters uh, during the preseason. Um, again, right. it was just mental errors that held us back on previous teams. I thought it was the Juwan defense. I thought, yeah, those, those teams so, with so, Morton and, and uh, with Morton and even uh, Tucker, it was just it was like I felt like you guys were missing that defensive attitude, like like you see now. Yeah, then that's true. But uh, 
there were mental errors defensively as well as special teams. Special teams killed us. We went into Sam Houston State a couple years ago, and that game was ours, but we gave it away on uh, on uh, special teams miscues. So, but 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 going back to Juwan Pass, uh, his deep ball accuracy over the top has put this has put this offense on another level, and the commitment of Coach Dooley to the run game has made this offense unstoppable. So we're hammering them with the run. We're hammering, hitting them hard with a two, three back running back by committee uh, uh, running style, which was what we did last night. And then Juwan Pass is dropping dimes over the top with our speedy receivers. Um, so, yeah, he's opened it up. Uh, also, he can tuck the ball and run. He's a big dude, man, with 6'4", 6'5", 235, 240 pounds. So when he That's decides KMS. to run the ball – Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a big guy, man. I've stood up next to him and I'm looking straight up at him. Uh, So when he decides to run the ball, DBs just got to put their shoulder down and hope for the best. So, uh, yeah, Juwan Pass, for those who don't know, he's he was a former four star uh, quarterback. He was looked at being the uh, follow up to Lamar Jackson at Louisville. Uh, Things didn't happen because of injuries or whatnot. So that's how we he ended up uh, going into the transfer portal and coach Dooley. Uh, grabbed him out of that portal. Uh, he was more than happy to come uh, to the swag to Prairie View uh, and, and have an opportunity to end his career on a high note, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's at 60% completion right now. Uh, we could have put up over 50 points on them last night if we really wanted to, to be honest with you. Uh, he had a very conservative passing game. If they would have, If Coach Dooley wanted to open it up on him, we could have. And, and I was all for it because we owe Southern some points, baby. <laughs> we do. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the quarterback play has has helped us go to the next level. Uh, who who came up with this uh, thing with the eviction notice? Which I I first saw at the State Fair Classic against Grambling, and it looks like the notices were brought out at Southern. Who where that idea yes, start? Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, actually, we just had an interview with uh, one of our players and. Uh, Trishad Smith, our middle linebacker, uh, he's known as the landlord. That's kind of his nickname. So he came up with the eviction notice, and he brought it out, uh, unbeknownst to the team, at the Cadbo Classic. And uh, so everybody loved it, man. PV fam loved it, and they brought it out again yesterday. You get they they they're evicting tenants out of the swag, out of the championship game. So be well. Um, so I, 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 look, the next road game is at Alcorn and, uh, that's their last, they've only had three home games this year. Alcorn has, so this is their third one. And obviously that rivalry is, uh, is there. Um, they've won the last three. I mean, so I, I mean that, that'll be interesting to kind of see the notices if the notices make an appearance on the uh, reservation, that's uh, yeah. that'll be. But you got you got to take care of homecoming. Let now obviously. So there's a buy this week. Uh, the I, I gotta admit that the whole two buys in October, genius. I don't know who did the scheduling. Uh, and I hope somebody asks uh Coach Dooley about it at Monday's uh press. Uh, you know the Monday coaches thing that they do in the SWAT because I I I just kind of wonder about the strategy of it. But when you look at the schedule it does give you an opportunity to sort of reset for the last push because you've got Alabama state all corn. What's your, what's your take 
Joe, on having to play Texas A&M sort of in the middle of the finish of your season? That, that other agricultural school in Texas. I, yeah. I, I hate the money games. We all know that's what it is. I hate the money games, first and foremost. I wish we weren't playing it at all. Uh, the placement of it is very unfortunate because uh, it'll be at after at the back end of a tough swax schedule. Then we'll have one game left, Mississippi Valley, which is playing tough. Mississippi Valley is not a pushover this season for those who have not been paying attention. So they will come to our home and play us on the hill for our last home game um, after we will have played Texas A&M. So uh, in my mind, the strategy should be, you know, we, we have to start play our starters, but once things get out of hand, I, I think quarter. we have to, for, yeah, I think we have to seriously think about pulling our starters, uh, you know, third quarter at the latest, because we want to be healthy for that following game against Mississippi Valley and a potential swag championship game. That's number one. Um, we're getting that check regardless, right? A&M's cutting that check to us regardless. All we have to do is show up. Uh, I hate to say it, but, you know, hey, man, the swag championship is number one, right? That's first priority in my mind. So, so I don't – obviously, I don't – Obviously, I don't know what Coach Dooley's uh, thought process is going to be about that. Every coach wants to line up and play. Every player wants to line up and play. They looked at Prairie View's schedule uh, when they were recruited, and they saw that we play some big boys in non-conference. So I'm sure they're going to want to play. Hey, Juwan Pass is going to want to play. He's accustomed to playing, you know, Power 5 schools. So I don't know. It's going to be real interesting to see what Coach Dooley does strategically. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that that's an interesting game upcoming because not only you've got the Alcorn State game, which I'm sure will be a television game, should be if it's yep. not. Uh, that that could, well, I mean, that, that could determine the West. I mean, it, it really could, the way things are kind of shaping out. Um, and then you've got this Texas A&M game, which is a, it really is a spotlight opportunity for everybody. It, it's like, okay, regardless, let's say you guys win Alcorn, well, it's like, hey guys, you know, now we got a, you got a chance to really be on probably the SEC network, uh, and, and really get an opportunity to really showcase your skills. And I, I can't imagine you want to, you know what I'm saying? It's like you want to keep the positive thing going. So I, I'm just kind of curious where the fan base. I know you. It doesn't sound like you're you're a big fan of it. What is the fan base? Have they started? talking about it or is that too far away to even kind of entertain entertain that thought no the fan base has already thought about it i know there are plenty of people who are contemplating making a ride down to college station to attend the game so again yeah we will have come off of an a tough alcorn game i'm sure excuse me alcorn pronounce it correctly (laughs) um let's in, in in assuming we win that game you know hey we're thinking about the swag championship game being healthy for that game um the players, every baller wants to go pro, right? Everybody thinks they can go to the league and they want to show themselves well. So, sure. uh, again, I'm sure they're going to be, most of our team, uh, they're going to want to show up strong against Texas A&M. They're going to want to play. Um, yeah. So I would say, I would think that Coach Dooley is going to, he's going to see what the game looks like. He's going to see how it's going, and he's going to make a decision uh, during the course of that game on if he keeps his starters in 
if it's a competitive game. Uh, I would think if it's a competitive, highly competitive game, we're gonna obviously we're gonna go for the W. But okay. if it gets out of hand, at some point you're gonna have to make a business decision, right? With focus yeah. on we need to get ourselves ready and keep ourselves healthy for the swag championship game, which is number our number one priority. Uh, PV fans, PV family, of course we want to go out there and we want to beat everybody. But those of those of us who are realistic about the situation and understand what our number one priority is, which is winning the swag and then going to celebration bowl and collecting that million dollar plus check for winning the celebration bowl. That's number one. Uh, speaking of that uh, game in a uh, conversation against that other ag school in the state of Texas, uh, any word, any early word on whether the band has been invited to that game down in college station? I mean, it, it's only literally a thirty to forty minute drive down the street, right down oh. two ninety. So I'm I'm more than certain that the band is going to be there. Um, the last time we played them a couple years ago, the band went down there and performed. So uh, you know, everybody loves the, uh, a swag band. Everybody loves the HBCU band. Uh, they the gonna get y'all the whole halftime. The they might as well, man, because nobody really wants to watch the core <laughs> cadets or whatever they call marching around. Let's just be honest, that military marching style is very boring. I hate it. So I would imagine that their fan base would be looking forward to watching the marching storm do what they do. Hey, uh, Joe, let me get you out of here on this. Obviously, the East is seems to be, right now, it's in the control of Jackson State. How do you see the East shaping out? Do you think Jackson State holds on or, or – is there somebody, if you look at the schedule, if you look at the East, uh, is there an opportunity for FAMU to possibly find their way into that SWAC championship game? What, what's your take on the East? Well, um, I don't see anybody really beating Jackson State. I think FAMU probably had the best uh, chance to do that. So I look for Jackson State to come out of the West. Uh, we're already making plans to reserve hotel rooms uh, for yeah. Jackson State. And as Prayer View uh, visits Jackson State for the Swag Championship game, I'm reserving my hotel room tonight. Okay, so the East host, is that how that sets up, or is it the best record? Best record, best it's, rank, I thought. It's, it's yep, best record, and then a tiebreaker is best rank. So right now, Jackson State's ranked higher than Prayer View A&M. Um, so assuming we both go in uh, undefeated, then we will have to visit Jackson State. Jackson State will host the championship game. Okay. Oh, well, look at that. Uh, starting to make those quiet reservations. See, I, we make those reservations, it. man. We hey, just have to hey, handle Brian. our business. Which one, which one of us is going to referee the battle of the podcast between 1876 Sports and Culture and the pregame show if, if it comes down to that? One of us is going to have to referee that podcast uh, segment. Yeah. Yeah, we we may just have to. That'll that'll be interesting to see how that breaks down. Yeah, we uh, we are we already to... making plans. We're okay. making plans to have a joint show. We we will definitely have to get together if, if that matchup happens. Uh, we'll be talking to, to Neely and Charles Bishop about uh, having a battle of the podcast, as you mentioned. I like that. I like that term. There you go. Well, well said, Drew. Uh, Joe, let the people know, uh, all the folks who are watching on YouTube and on Facebook, let them know where they can uh, download and, and how often you guys are putting out new shows, new episodes. 
We drop a show every Tuesday morning. It's the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. We're here to represent and put on uh, for the HBCU of Texas, Prairie View a University. We're here to represent the SWAC and give love to all of the HBCUs. You can find us at Panther underscore 1876 on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, uh, again, 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. We're doing it for the culture. Yes, sir. Well said. All right, Joe, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Uh, you know, we'll we'll kind of share the new top five uh, in D1. Uh, you know, we'll see what kind of pot we can stir with the yeah. latest rankings. So that'll be coming up in the next segment. So uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll see a lot of people might be fussing, more fussing coming on. But uh, good to see uh, good things are happening at Prairie View. Uh, exciting, fun team to watch, no doubt. So uh, thank you for uh, coming in and joining us tonight. All right. All right. Thank you very much. All right. We'll be back in just a moment to wrap up the sports wrap with uh, Brian and AD. Thanks again to uh, Joe Clay. We'll be back after these words. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. I uh, want to thank all of our guests who have joined us today. Joe Clay from the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. Chris Ferguson, D2Football.com. Uh, after our show, you can go find his YouTube show that will be airing tonight if you want to get some more information on what's going on. Those guys do a great job of covering D2 football. Uh, just go over to YouTube and just search D2Football.com and their show We'll be starting up at the top of the hour. And then uh, Coach Gabe uh, Gardenia from Albany State for joining us as well. Uh, Drew, let's give out some game balls, some game balls uh, from the top performances. Who you got? I'm going to start off on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, we'll, we'll stick with the under D1. Goes to Ja'Carri uh, Jackson from Langston University. This brother rushed the ball 34 times for 238 yards and two touchdowns. Brian, let's do the math. That's a 7.0 yards per carry right there. And 
to show that he has a little bit of other skills. He caught two balls out the backfield for 47, for 47 yards. So uh, anytime you get a running back who runs for two bills, what's that? I missed the fact that he had a reception. Two receptions. For For how many yards? Two for 47. So that is, doing the math, that is 285 all-purpose yards out of the backfield. Despite uh, what Larry Harrington did with his 296 yards passing and four touchdowns and his uh, 12 rushes for 84 yards, I got to give it to the got to give it to the back. Yeah, no, no, that, that's uh, that's solid. That's solid, man. Um, look, receivers don't get a lot of love. They have not gotten a lot of love this year. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that have gotten a love. I mean, we we had a running back win uh, awards last week, but I'm going to shout out Malachi Weidman from Jackson State. Nine receptions, 167 yards, and four scores. It's seven years ago. Uh, Malachi caught those touchdowns from Shadur Sanders, who had himself a day as well, uh, with four touchdown passes and one rushing touchdown. 309 total passing yards for Shadour, but uh, I got to give some props to Malachi Weidman of Jackson State. Big day for him. Who else you got? On the defensive side of the ball, and uh, if if I mispronounce his name, charge it to my head and not my heart, Coimba Jones from Albany State University. Listen to this stat line. In a 30-0 victory over Savannah State, over a ranked savannah state nine tackles a tackle and a half for loss for 11 yards and two and a half sacks so talk about a a defensive stack line uh right there oh by the way brian did i tell you that he forced the fumble too and so (laughs) you know also had a pass breakup too yeah i was getting ready to get down the line to that i'm sorry (laughs) And so he was all over the place. He was dropping back at coverage. He was rushing. He was rushing the quarterback. I mean, what more can you ask from out of, out of a player right there, Brian? Um, you're was, that's that's a good defensive look. There are a lot of guys who did a lot of great things. How about from North Carolina Central? Let me give some props to Noah Rainbow Douglas. Love the last name, by the way. Ten tackles, all solo. One sack, two tackles for loss. One pass breakup for North Carolina Central, who got a 28-17 to 17 win over Morgan State. Uh, anybody, anybody else you want to shout out? Since I did an offensive and a defensive, and, and by the way, for those, these will be my early votes for uh, Players of the Week from the uh, BCSN, just, just, so, uh, just so everyone knows. <laughs> Ardez Hussick from Tuskegee with a career-long Tuskegee record 51-yard field goal in the fourth quarter to keep Tuskegee in the game. And I said this yesterday, Brian, if that kick was for 52, it hits the crossbar. (laughs) For 51 it clears about about that much. So uh, but shout out to that because that was a that was a pressure kick 
that uh, Tuskegee needed to stay in the ball game. And Coach Slater called a timeout, and somebody over there talked him into going for the field goal. And usually when that happens, you have things that happen like at Mississippi Valley. But this time, it wound up benefiting uh, Tuskegee as they were able to get it. Unfortunately, they were not able to get the victory. But still, 51 yards is 51 yards in the fourth quarter. Well, my my special teams player will be Florida A&M's Jamari Sherrard. Had five punt returns for a total of 154 yards, including a punt return touchdown. But then he also caught eight passes for 88 yards and three scores. So on the day, that is four touchdowns and 242 all-purpose yards. I don't know whether to put him in as an offensive player candidate or a special teams player candidate, uh, but somehow I had to find some room to give Jamari Sherrard uh, some some love. Maybe we ought to do just like when they recruited. What, what position you play? They just recruited me as an athlete. The human joystick as his recruiting tape and YouTube video called him uh, when he was uh, in the portal. Uh, and that's all I remember. And, and definitely don't sleep on the size. Five, seven, five, eight, whatever it is, the kid balls. He balls out. Uh, there are a lot of other guys who had some great days, but uh, those are our our main um, our main players, and we'll kind of release we'll release the uh, official BCSN players of the week uh, on Monday. So those will come out on Monday. What we will release today, though, we will release the brand new BCSN top five, the sometimes controversial. BCSN top five rankings. So we're going to start with our under D1 rankings, our under D1 rankings. And our number one team, still number one on top of the pile, on top of the list is Langston University, 7-0 still. Albany State coming in a close second uh, at 7-1. Followed up by Bowie State, also seven and one. Uh, a little bit of shuffling uh, as Fayetteville State moves up to number four with a record of six and one, and Savannah State drops from four to five. I believe is what they dropped, right, Drew? From four to five. Yes, yes, that would be correct. And uh, just a little special mention: uh, Shaw Lane, Fort Valley State all hovering just outside of the top five with records of five and three. So uh, that's how the uh, under D1 rankings go. Let's take a look at the Division I rankings. Not much of a change, but a little bit of a shuffling amongst people. Once again, Prairie View sitting on top of the list at six and one. Jackson State coming in at number two. The big mover of the week is Norfolk State. Winners of five in a row, moving up to number three, jumping over Florida A&M and Alcorn. Alcorn holds steady at four with five and two. And FAMU, uh, fortunate to get out of Itabina with a win, drops uh, from uh, three to five. So really you had Norfolk State and A&M kind of swapping positions there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Same five, different order. On both polls, actually. Right. Uh, Yeah, just outside of the top five was Tennessee State with a record of four and three. And outside of Tennessee State, the only other – you got a couple of uh, Alabama schools at even records of three and three. And everyone else is really sitting a game under – 500 at like three and four or something to that effect. So uh, that's the cream of the crop right now in the division one level. So that's why we uh, only do top five. That's why, that's why we only do top five. So, you know, I'm sure that'll, that'll, uh, that'll, that'll excite some people. Uh, I already can, I can already see the, uh, the complaining a little bit or just the recognition. I don't know what you want to call it from the folks out there on YouTube. Uh, just want to remind everyone on YouTube who's watching, make sure you have subscribed to our YouTube channel, please. We appreciate you. And then give us a thumbs up. You know, uh, it all helps the algorithms. We appreciate you guys coming in and chatting with us. Uh, I'm sure we'll be posting these on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, and, and then that's where the real buzz will happen. Uh, so we'll kind of maybe react to a little bit of that uh, coming up. Well, Drew, any final any final thoughts uh, before we close out the show here? No. Uh, and, and I debated on whether I was going to touch on this, but I'm, go- I'm going to make this brief. And uh, because of what, what stuff, we'll just leave it at stuff. FAMU's band, excuse me, FAMU. Tuskegee's band did not attend homecoming yesterday. Not going to get into the what's and why's and how's uh, of it right now, but I am going to get into the atmosphere. Yes, I attended uh, homecoming, but for no band, no, no fish sandwiches, and I said sandwich, not sandwich. No barbecue. No, 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 nobody out there trying to sell me a t-shirt. Nobody trying to. It was. It did not feel like homecoming on campus. You know, the fact that I was able to drive straight up to the stadium automatically made me feel like it wasn't homecoming. Because if you're not on campus by nine thirty on homecoming Saturday for a one o'clock game. You are not getting on campus. You're going to walk two to three miles, it seems like, to get to the to the stadium. In Tuskegee, only five miles as a whole doggone town, it seems like. So just the atmosphere of the campus being closed. Yes, I'm proud of Mother Tuskegee. I'm a, I'm a proud alum, one of my two illustrious universities that I'm proud to have attended. But how is it? It just didn't feel right, my brother. It just did not feel right. So I hope whatever went on with the band administration, whoever it is, I hope they can sit down and get this right because they had, do have another game on ESPN this Saturday. And Lord Jesus, I do not want to see another empty stadium, at least the student section needs to be full, for another game on ESPN because – that is our biggest marketing tool as a university, one of our biggest marketing tools as a university when you get airtime on any network. 
stream on, on a pod service like this, streaming service, whatever. The visuals sucked. I'll leave it at that. Well, um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get a chance to talk a little bit about it in the uh, later up if we get another show in later in this week uh, with some more information. We can kind of share that. But I will encourage you and say uh, you can always come to homecoming at your other university, your other, uh, you know, you are first university. your first university. Florida A&M is celebrating homecoming this week. Uh, may not be the greatest homecoming on earth. It's just the greatest homecoming in the universe. That's it, period. You Aggies can have the earth. We'll take the world. We'll take the universe. No, we'll take you to the moon and back. How about that, bro? Hey, you know, that's it. To understand that reference. It, it will be, yes, well said, well said. That's why I say the universe, you know, to the moon and back. <laughs> hey, look, uh, it's going to be lit in Tallahassee this week. And uh, FAMU, uh, again, serving notice, Tennessee State, FAMU, A&T, Clark, Johnson C. Smith. What's that hashtag, hashtag again? Protect our homecoming. Protect our homecoming. So uh, teams better come ready to play. Uh, alumni better be ready to come support. Bring uh, bring your wallets. Band, and, uh, come ready to play. <laughs> yeah, bands, be ready to play. Uh, it should be a great weekend in Tallahassee. Looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll be a great weekend as well in Greensboro, Atlanta, Nashville, and in Charlotte. So I uh, hope everyone stays safe, enjoys the week, and uh, we, will, we will reach out to everybody a little bit later in the week with more of the sports wrap, but make sure you stay locked in to the Black College Sports Network throughout the week and uh, stay tuned in with all of our shows. So that's going to do it for tonight. Thanks again to all of our guests, our producer, Roy Evans, and for my man, A.D. Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Thanks for watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Peace out. Uh, hello. But